Welcome to a special episode of the Central Pennsylvania Music Podcast featuring the Menzingers. We're here with Tom from the Menzingers. Tom, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Of course. Here we are. <laughs> we're looking forward to it, man. This is awesome. You guys are playing your last show here in the States before we're heading out to Europe. We were yep. talking a little bit before uh, we went on air here. And uh, this is, you said this is going to be probably your 15th time going over there? Probably. We'd have to check. But, uh, you know, we've been going once or twice a year for the past 12, 13 years. And it's, yeah, so it would be that many times. That's crazy. That, that's, that's amazing. Like, I was, again, we were talking off camera. Um, dude. Not many kids get to have the dream of being in a band from a small town, Scranton, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and then they go after said dream, achieve said dream, and now they get to tour in like London, uh, Germany. I mean, you guys have gone to Australia as well. Yeah. I mean, like you guys have like you guys have seen the world doing what you love. Yeah, it's incredible, and uh, I would say you know sometimes we forget or we you know take it for granted but that's absolutely not true it's completely insane to me every time that we get to go um it's wild as hell to get on an international flight with all of our best friends there's like nine of us now fly over get to tour all these places we have friends that we've known for a decade in some of the places like it's really an incredible thing so you guys like literally hit them up like hey man like we're gonna be in london like whatever and they're like oh yeah so excited to meet up yeah sure especially now with uh how easy it is social media wise to keep in touch you know using whatsapp or anything like that it's it's fucking awesome that's cool that's that's great man so i mean i gotta imagine the first time you did that you know 15 years ago had to have been like a little bit nerve-wracking right I don't know if I would call it nerve. Well, maybe nerve wracking a little bit. That's not how I remember it, at least. I remember it as being just completely wild, fun, and free because we didn't have a cell phone that worked there. We didn't have a connection to anything, and we were just kind of gone. Uh, We had put our lives and, you know, the time that we were there into the arms of uh, strangers who are still some of our best friends, like Kieran Kelly and and the Leagues of Park guys. That was when we went to the UK for the first time, and we just made so many lifelong friends and experienced so many movie like things you know so many songs came out of it it was just it was a fucking wild ride that's awesome yeah. so you literally just you you had no choice but to simply exist like in the moment basically because there was there was nothing to connect you to anything outside of the moment that you were currently yeah living. we had i think we had a, I had a smartphone or if not somebody had a laptop or whatever and we would use wi-fi to connect to things and actually it's funny when we first got there the, it was an english like we, the faux it was a faux pas in the states but in england you'd meet some money for five seconds and then they would add you on facebook so it was what? Like, back then, I mean, I guess it may be more common now or whatever, but back then, yeah, it was it was a wild thing. It was pretty, it was pretty great. You're like, hey, uh, do you know uh, where the uh, one coffee? Like, yeah, it's right down there to the left, and you take another right. Yeah, and then, then you go like, online, ding! you ping. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that was it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that, that's wild. I I didn't even know it worked like that back then, like proximity sensing wise. That's no, it didn't. I got a Mac. Like they just looked they, up your name. Looked, yeah, it wasn't. Wow, it was really no, creepy. No, like, yeah, I was gonna say slightly creepy, but yeah, but yeah. totally normal there. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's awesome. So I guess back to the U.S. So you formed in Scranton in 2006, correct? Yeah, yeah, basically. I think 2005 was the first time we practiced, and then started to play shows in 2006. Okay, and you said shortly after there, you guys moved from Scranton to Philly. Yeah, we moved to Philadelphia in 2008. Okay, yeah. man. So how, I guess you kind of played a lot out in the Philadelphia music scene. I'm sure that was a great way to get a start out there, right? Yeah, it was kind of a perfect storm of different things. We moved down there. It was uh, right at the beginning of you know the Great Recession. So mm. it, it kind of, long story short, there were a lot of house venues and a lot of um, non-traditional kind of shows and things to do and play. And I think that really brought a real sense of, you know, camaraderie and community within all the bands that we were friends with and we ended up hanging out and living together and working and that kind of uh allowed us to reach out to a bunch of bands in other cities and then 
yeah, kind of went from there. So the, the hard times brought you guys all together, huh? For sure, yeah. That's great. Yeah, you definitely adversity helps you grow for sure. Um, yeah, and it's funny because at the time we didn't even think of it as adversity. You know, it was like, oh, our friends with bachelor's degrees can't get jobs, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything else. We're gonna roll like, with it. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we had anything that we lost. You know. Is yeah. There, is there anything that you would say like like specific that's like different or like unique to the Philadelphia music scene compared to like other places you've seen? Like anything specific about your home scene compared to anywhere else? Yeah, I don't know about anything that's completely different. Um, you know, but it, it takes some parts of other scenes and they're accentuated or, or, or bigger or smaller there. Like, um, for instance, most of the major independent booking, um, you know, and promotion companies and venues in the States were overtaken by Live Nation and AEG pretty quickly. And a lot of that's happened in Philadelphia now, but R5 Productions was a, a, a big holdout in that kind of area for a long time. And there was a really, you know, great scene that employed a bunch of our friends and kind of introduced us to other bands and it you know that kind of i don't call it a vibe but i guess it was that definitely lent itself to growing as a band and i mean philadelphia is it exists in a perfect place geographically it's only hour and a half or two hours from so many major cities um we originally wanted to move to new york and it was way too expensive philadelphia was not that expensive and so many of our friends were there and like you know we had family connections and it just became a beautiful place to be and we're still there we all live in south philadelphia with uh within walking distance of each other and we have you know we're like starting families and shit we have no plans to to, to uproot anywhere else that's so that cool. is dude that is not only are you like achieving like set like said musical dream that most kids have but like you literally created a dream you, you achieved that that dream has solidified what other people would love to be able to do. It's like, I wish I could just get like my whole group of like core friends and just like live within walking distance, <laughs> like with our families and we grow up and we're like two doors down. It's like, you're like, Oh, I'm doing that too. Like, yeah. like I have, a, I have done that. Like that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a, thank you. It's really amazing. It's actually kind of how we were able to do it. I think. And one thing that separated us from a lot of other bands and some of our friends, you know, besides being really lucky, um, and staying together but we all had all four of us had the same idea in place of what we wanted to do and we were on the same page which <laughs> i feel a lot of people i don't know if you noticed and <laughs> creative endeavors or not have no idea what's going on because they don't talk about it but we uh we're on the same page and we worked together and lived together and that was what allowed us to to kind of make it through all that that's that's incredible that's man thanks like you got like you really like it's almost like you struck while the iron was hot, but you also struck while the iron was hot. Like when it came to like your creativity and just luck, when when luck yeah, was there, like it lucky. was it was a perfect storm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and it was all a bunch of Pennsylvania shit for us. You know, we grew up in in Scranton. We our families are connected to each other. We grew up working, you know, the same jobs together, and just kind of that like. I don't know if I, what I would call it, but it is like a you know it's a, a a familial aspect of the entire thing. Absolutely. So so yeah. the Menzingers is a band of childhood friends, correct? Yeah, you but know? basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that's great, and I think that builds a really good connection, gives you guys great chemistry, and I think like you were saying, you're all very like minded on everything and had the same goals, and yeah. I think that can be a huge benefit when you have you know what, four people working towards the same goal, putting in 100 percent effort. Yeah, we had our ups and downs, and we relied on each other and helped each other out, and we were, were really fucking lucky in that regard. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So you guys have, what, seven full-length albums now, or is it eight? We have six full-length albums. Six full-length. Yeah. Okay, six full-length albums, couple of EPs. Yeah, I guess technically we have seven. One of the records is a uh, reworking of another record that we put out during the pandemic. So I guess technically there are seven full-lengths up. Okay, gotcha. So in that time, you know, you've worked with... Uh, several uh, producers as well, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So what would you say is your favorite album or maybe your favorite song to perform live? 
You know, at the mo- it changes all the time. Um, and I expect that it will always change. Right now, at this second, my favorite song to play live is a tie between two of them. One of them is called Charlie's Army, which is off of our record um, After the Party. And Last to Know, which is also off our record After the Party. So we're, recently we've been playing those two at these shows, and they are so goddamn fun. I yeah. fucking love it, yeah. That's great, man. <laughs> That's, it's Good so crowd cool engagement. to hear like, an artist like, describe their own song because... I mean, you talk to you see interviews with other bands, and they're just like, "Oh man, like I know everyone wants to hear this song, so we're gonna play it." But like, my favorite song is this, and it's like the song that you're like, "Oh, that's the song I skipped." Yeah, and I totally, <laughs> I totally get that. Like, we have thankfully we love our songs. <laughs> that's what we wrote them. Uh, but it is totally like we've been playing the same songs for a long time, so it can get a little bit. Uh, monotonous, but as soon as you get up on stage and all of the pe- you make so many people happy by playing the song, like you can't fucking deny that. No. Yeah, exactly. Gets the blood yeah. going. Yeah, totally. What role does storytelling play in your songwriting, and how do you approach writing about your own life experiences? It's an interesting question, man. Yeah, so I think the the older that I get, the more I'm realizing that no matter what it is, you know, there I had always had this compartmentalization in my mind between like stories, myths legends and then science or the scientific method and the way that we test things rationally i'm starting to realize that all of them are all a story of their own and that the way that humans communicate ideas emotions anything is is via a story so even if you're talking about these are the results of this experiment it's you know it's still a story in itself and started to realize that the way to relate a lot of emotions or experiences across is to tell a story i mean it's been that way since the beginning of 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 uh humans as far as like i think a lot of anthropologists are, are concerned and the way that we like to incorporate that into the songs and to kind of mix the two questions together is we do it autobiographically but also not so pull some you know the idea is like the, the the dates and the names are changed like some of the aspects are different and there's always a bit of truth in there sure uh not necessarily this happened on sunday may whatever but that it is an experience or a shared story that happened between people, and that's kind of the same message that we're trying to relate across. That's so, so, I mean, great. that literally stems right into my next so question. That well, well, I'm sorry if you have another question. It, I, I, I just, I, just because it pairs very yeah, well, yeah, I go think. For it, go for it. So your music has been praised for how raw and honest it is, and its emotional depth. How do you balance being vulnerable in your lyrics while still maintaining a sense of privacy and personal boundaries? That's a good question. Uh, one of the main things would be to be never say what's true and what's not in the uh, in the songs. Admit nothing, uh, deny everything, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, then you can deny Plead everything, the and then you can also, you know, you're not uh, revealing too much. But you know, it feels like a lot of bands have a shtick, and a lot of art has like shticks. Maybe has a negative connotation to it, but you know, some bands write songs about. I don't know, certain exact things or they have concepts that live within certain stories. Like uh, my friend uh, who's from Harrisburg, one of my best friends, is explaining to me the Coed and Cambria kind of like universe. They have like this whole storyline. I thought that was really cool. And our uh, story is always just a reflection of, of ourselves and what we're going through in our lives at that time or what we've seen. So that's kind of like holding the mirror has been our stick, so to say. That's awesome. I'm um, trying to be really personal about it. And you're right, it, it can get a little weird. Um Thankfully, we you know we consider ourselves very down to earth, and our fans are extremely down to earth in all of our experience. We never really had issues with anybody getting too personal, or you know, there's some people who get a little bit very emotional or vulnerable themselves, and that's a, a great thing sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you if you can write something and you see it touch someone that personally, like that deeply, absolutely, I, mean, I feel like that's the best compliment you could get as a musician. Is like 
I actually touched you with my art. It is. I mean, I've had people come up and, and, and tell us about, um, you know, dealing with a death in the family or dealing with some type of incredibly difficult emotional personal experience that they can barely handle and then tell us that our music helped them get through that. That's like the best thing you could hear from it. Absolutely. Know? So back to Alan's first question, um, my question about it. Your songwriting process and the things you write about, do you think your band, the Menzingers, and you, the way you write, do you think you do something different than most other bands do to write the way that, to not so kind of repeat myself and sound stupid, but yeah, write the, the songs the way you do? You know, I'm not sure. I get the, It seems like from talking to other songwriters that we do, do a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like workflow goes, we the four of us sit in a room together and write and... Um, that isn't always the case. A lot of times in other bands, there'll be one or two people that kind of write everything and then show it to everyone else, or they kind of. That's how work I've on always. That, that was always my experience. But you sure. got to do like the you do like the think tank. We do style. the think tank. And I've always wanted to do that, and I've just never I've never been blessed to be in a in a project that everyone was like available <laughs> at the same time or even wanted to do that. That's it was always like, hey man, like sure. I wrote this song, like guys look over it. Do you guys think we can use it? And I'm like, I mean, I guess it's angry or sad enough we can work with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can scream about that i guess <laughs> yeah no man we look at it as a job like there's that whole thing i'm talking about scranton before you know or the descendants of the coal miners like to think of it we go to work every day and we're sure we take our fucking time don't get me wrong if we're having a day oh, absolutely. we'll take a day off no problem but we go and we meet up the four of us together um while we're writing every every day during the week and just sit there for hours and work on the songs so, That's so, incredible. so speaking of writing, you just had a uh, single come out recently. Is there going to be an album following that that you're willing to talk so about? So what just came out was a B-side uh, from our last record that we oh, did okay, in collaboration gotcha, yeah. with the Eagles, which was pretty fucking cool. What? Dude, yeah, what? It was released as a uh, part of a program they were doing where every week they would release a song from a, a Philadelphia artist with a poster design with another Philadelphia like a visual artist. And, um yeah, we did that, which was pretty pretty fucking wild. Hell yeah. Yeah, I can't talk much about it, but we did. I have been saying it on stage every night. We did finish writing and recording a record, so it's it's done. That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah. So there is new now. music on the way. There'll be new there's new music on the way, yeah. That's that was one of my questions was, you know, what's coming new for yeah, what totally. can people expect? But I can't get into like, uh, you know, all the details of it, but it's I could say it's done. <laughs> so That's I got to ask though real quick, and I'm sure you've gotten talked about this many times, COVID. But mm -hmm. I want to ask only because you, the way you describe your guys' work ethic, the way you guys attack music, the way you guys treat it so seriously, what was COVID like for a band that like literally lives and breathes writing the music? I mean, what, how did how did you guys process that? What was what was that experience like for you guys? Yeah, we all had. Well, we were in it together. Some of us had different responses to uh, how we interpreted the, you know barrage of conflicting information that was provided from everywhere on fucking earth mm. <laughs> yes. um, and we all made it through but we immediately were like okay well this is our job so we can't not work we can't lose all of our money and we also this is what we do we can't like not be doing something so we immediately um made a patreon which was a, a fun thing where a bunch of our fans paid a monthly uh, like a monthly f fee to be a part of like a like a club kind of, and we get, put out podcast episodes and made videos. Oh wow! And released awesome. like kind of um unreleased stuff. And we had a Discord. We still have the Discord server, and we still have the Patreon, but we don't have the you know the the same active stuff that we were doing yeah. previously. Um, and then we also immediately decided to rework a previous record. So what we did was we. Everyone set up a studio in their house. This is in the early days, like the, you know, the now of 2020, the mm -hmm. May time. 
and dropped off microphones to each other and we got on Slack, which is like a inter-office communication thing to replace email. It's like a chat room, basically. Okay. And we used that to re-record the record that we had put out before that, uh, re-envisioning the songs, acoustic and electronic and just, just differently. And we would just work on that every day on fucking online during the pandemic. So you guys weren't even like worried like as an artist like like about like live. I mean, I'm sure you were, but like really like your focus was like, Music is going to prevail regardless, and we're going to be part of that contribution one way or another. Sure. Yeah, we had no idea. Nobody knew what was going on. We didn't know if people we knew were going to start dropping, you know? Like, it, yeah. it, certainly we thought it was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being. Uh, not that it wasn't bad. You know, it's a t- terrible thing for society and for the people that uh, were affected so yeah. um, tragically. Uh, but yeah, we, we knew. I mean, you know, music wasn't going anywhere. It didn't seem like uh, we weren't worried. We were just waiting till it was safe to tour again. One of the first places that we played back uh, was here at HMAC, actually. Oh, wow. One of really? The tours. Yeah, one of the early tours. That's awesome. So, it sounds to me like you guys have one hell of a work ethic. You, you kind of mentioned that uh, you know, from Scranton, the coal mines. You know, you get up, you go to work. Yeah, that's this cheeky story I'm trying to tell there. But yeah, no, we do. <laughs> I, I would say that we do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so during lockdown, you guys reimagine your album and it sounds like you produced it yourself as well correct we did yeah we produced it and then will yip who who had produced and engineered the record before that mixed it for us so, so you just recorded it produced it and then sent it to him and had yeah it was it. and we were each on a different daw uh, so like a like a digital audio workstation i was using pro tools two of the guys were using logic somebody was using ableton oh boy and we ended up kind of you know i i'd worked as an engineer on records before and i produced a, a couple eps and stuff so i was familiar and so are these some of the other guys some of the other guys were not familiar so it was like a, a learning process for everyone too well, yeah, I mean, none of those systems are easy to use. I mean, you can't just pick it up and be like, all right, cool, yeah. this is it. It was you know? a blessing been in disguise, though, because with our, our record that we just recorded, we were able to demo it in our own studio, um, and we wrote that way. We wrote a lot in the box, like in the computer, so to speak. Yeah. See, yeah, I would have I been kicked out immediately. Like, I... <laughs> I can't even use Discord. Some of my friends want me to play online, and I get so frustrated <laughs> by Discord. So, like, if I was in a band and that happened, like, all right, man, so we're going to set you up like a recording studio, and you're going to do all this, I would have been like... Yep, I'm out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't even know. No, I don't even know where to start. One of us isn't ready for something like that, or whatever it is. The the other three of us drag them kicking and screaming. Or, or <laughs> oh, that would have so been. We, all, me. we <laughs> always would have made it. It's like you're gonna girl, learn the technology or whomever. Yeah, you gotta figure it out. I'm li- I'm li- I literally describe people. I'm like I'm 33 going on. Get the hell off my lawn. <laughs> like that's literally how I handle everything. I'm like, oh, technology's changing. I'm like. No, (laughs) that's how I am. Oh, man. So, I mean, you've been playing around the area a lot. I'm sure you've played Harrisburg a lot. Uh, What are some of your favorite venues in the central Pennsylvania area? So definitely this is I should start by saying HMAC is one of my favorite venues in the entire country and world. Oh, wow. I love this place. The venue is awesome. Uh, The kind of the, the way it's decorated is really cool. The first floor where they have the bar. The pinball machines, the restaurant where you just seem to be allowed to exist. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of got a communal vibe to it. Yeah. Open early. It's just a, it's a vibe that I really, really like. It's something that I really appreciate when venues are like that. And everybody who works here is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And it's two hours from Philly. So sign me up. No, it's a quick drive down <laughs> the turnpike. Yeah. 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 That's great. Wow. All right. Well, HMAC, thanks, guys. You guys are doing a great thing. Yeah. But besides <laughs> that, in central Pennsylvania, we haven't played too many shows in central pennsylvania we've done some shows at state college okay uh where we played at the uh there's the student center there i forget what it's called um there's all fish tanks and shit in there yeah we played at the bryce jordan center with rise against before nice Uh, we played a house venue for cherry darling presents it's like a house on the outskirts of the city and growing up i had gone to the crowbar to see a couple big punk shows wow and i think we played at the championship 
in uh, Lemoyne. The, the champ right across the river there. Yeah, which Love is that. a big venue down here. You know what's really funny? We were actually supposed to interview someone else today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they were the owner of the oh, championship. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, we have to reschedule that and that's fine. But it was uh, I just think it's really funny that you happened to bring that up. Yeah, yep. that was that was my home. Yeah. That's where I discovered like live music for like like oh like that's what it means for like people go to shows. Like I didn't know what that meant, and then like I was like, I think I want to do this. And then, <laughs> and then I did. I, I taught Here myself how to do Very it. Inspirational. Yeah. So what would you say is your dream venue, like Madison Square Garden or like you know, Sydney Arena or I don't know. Those ones I don't know how well they lend themselves to that kind of you know, like a like a punk band from yeah. LA to to play at the, the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> but uh so we did the Roundhouse in London, which was a huge big fucking deal. Oh my god. Some yeah. of the big venues I would like to do some man center or like um I want a big outdoor show in Philadelphia would be really fucking cool. Or the Stone Pony Summer Stage in Asbury Park would be. Yes. Those are, New Jersey, if I had right? to answer real quick, those would be like the, the dreams. Yeah. yeah. That would be sweet. That would awesome. be sweet. Yeah. That would be really fucking cool. Yeah, man. So I got to ask, what advice would you give to people that are listening to this episode right now that they want to do exactly what you're doing? They're trying to achieve the same level. What's the one piece of advice or like the golden piece of advice that you could give anyone that's trying to achieve this dream? Uh, practice. I, get, I mean, I can't give a couple different advices, but one, the main one would be practice. Uh, it's really easy to get lost in l- looking up TikTok advice and um, learning about music publishing or kind of wrapping your head around which type of gear you need to buy, what ring light you need to do on social media, what new guitar you need. I would, practice is the most important part because if you're good... Um, and then you add in all the other things like luck and uh, being with people with the same kind of vision as you, that it'll work. But if you're not good, it's not going to work out. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I can advice. agree with that. Yeah. Great advice. So, well, and it's the one thing that you can do with no money or no, not nothing. You don't need anything to just, to just, to just play. Just time and yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So what would you, what were your thoughts when you first heard about the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame? Uh, what's that? And I Googled it. And here we are. Yeah. Now <laughs> <laughs> my first thoughts are like I mentioned before, one of my best buds. It's his birthday today. Shout out, Doctor Andy Poole. Happy birthday! Hey, happy, hey, birthday. Um, happy birthday! He grew up here in Harrisburg and has a lot to say about the Harrisburg scene. It made me think of H Mac and the people I've met out here, and was pretty stoked. And Neato Burrito, love that place. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I want to have a block from my house. No I shit. Yep. I'm so bummed. Every time we play here, I they're always they're just too far away. A little oh, bit. Just, you know? just a little too far. Just, a little just too far. That, just what right over that threshold. Cowboy yeah. Crunch, right? Every time. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, dude. I usually I think I got like a build your own one. Oh uh, man, get the Cowboy Crunch next All right, time. Next time I'll get the Cowboy Crunch. They're please, the, please. They, they, they give them to you and they're the weight of a small child. Yeah. And you're just like <laughs> Legit. Well, I don't have to eat for a week after I eat this. Like, yeah. it, you're good. Like that's it's all the calories you need for an entire week. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best in the area. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, man. Hey, thank you for having me. This is great. Of course, of course. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a good turnout tonight. You guys are going to rock the stage up there, and we're really looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. It was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much Cheers. for taking us yeah, yeah, Thanks for having thank me. So much. Not a problem, man. Enjoy thank your, you. uh, your Europe tour. Be safe out there and have a whole lot of fun for us, all right? Thank you. We'll, we'll try. see you when you come right. back through the next time. Yes, awesome. sir. We'll see you then. All right. Thank you. Bye.